Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Baz Dizzy for breakfast, 13th of September uh, 2021. And Izzy, today we had the job of wrapping up a huge sporting weekend NRL finals to discuss uh, an All Blacks test match, some Formula One, tennis. What was your favourite of the sport over the weekend? Uh, look, I can't go past uh, the US Open Women's Final. Just Emma Raducanu and Leila Fernandez. What they were able to achieve, obviously Emma getting the treats in the end. What this done for her career, catapulting her into, wow, one of the biggest names in the world so far. Um, so just, just watching her uh, performance over in Flushing Meadows was unreal. So just that was an all-great performance. But like you said, with the NRL, with the Panthers going down to the Rabbitohs, we had the All Blacks putting on a clinical performance, 39-0 against the uh, the Argentinian side, and then Quay Cooper making a comeback against the Springboks, current world champions, putting on a performance. How how much of a, how proud are the Australian public with that performance? Are they happy he's back? They sure will be because they got them in the win. Eight kicks from eight, absolute clinical performance from Quay Cooper. Mate, it's been a great weekend. Great weekend. We spoke to Jace Ryan. We've had some amazing guests. Uh, guests Brett Phillips joined us from the first serve, and our SEN co-host for the tennis show over in Australia. So, nah, we've had a great show. Absolutely. Harry Simeo wrapping the EPL as well. We're back again, doing it all again tomorrow, and there's going to be lots of spillover from this wild Monday to get into. So join us again on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. The Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale is on. Hurry in for half price off Go Healthy Vitamins. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ and we are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis and well, we've got an absolute great show for you today, it's been a great weekend of sport, I've come back from my little mishap on Friday, things are feeling great, I'm looking forward to ripping into some daily sport, All Blacks playing yesterday. Emma Raducanu over at the US Open. We've got some great, great conversations to be had today. But first up, we'll be talking the clinical performance by the All Blacks thrashing Argentina 39-0. Dig a bit deeper and give my little takeaways from what transpired overnight. 
with the All Blacks in that clinical performance. Also, be remiss of us to not talk about our closest foes, the Wallabies, and the welcome return of Quade Cooper. That last-minute penalty to beat the Springboks, 28-26. Quade Cooper making an absolute genius comeback. Eight kicks from eight to win that game for the Wallabies. And what does this do for Australian rugby? They've been going through a bit of... Mm, bit of uncertainty in the last wee while so will this lift them up get the confidence going what will this do for Dave Rennie and his men and then 740-ish we'll be chatting to Brett Phillips our SEN and SENZ the first serve host to talk all things US Open tennis and that amazing feat from Emma Raducanu up against Leila Fernandez the youngest US Open final to be played and a wee wee while, so it'd be great to get his insights of what happened overnight. Uh, yesterday I was lucky enough to watch that match, and it was unbelievable. Great performance from Emma. What does this do for her? $2.5 million check she got handed over just before the prize giving. Unbelievable, so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. And then at 8.05 we've got a McCafe coffee catch-up. We thought we would get someone that actually knows what they are talking about when it comes to set-piece and Fords in general, so we thought we'd get Jace Ryan. He joins us. He's the current Crusaders assistant coach and also a Fiji international coach as well. It'd be great to get his insights and the news that Sam Whitlock will not be travelling over to Australia to join the All Blacks. Uh, I want to get his thoughts on what he sees, how what type Fords need to go to to prepare for a, such a battle that is up against the Springboks. So it'd be good to chat to my mate. He can also help us review last night's performance, so that'll be good. Well, with so much sport playing over the weekend, and we'll be digging, uh, diving in and out, so stay tuned. It's going to be some great show, great chat. We'll be talking all things Cristiano Ronaldo. That old adage, is age just a number? We will see. I believe so. Look at the quality that he was able to deliver over the weekend. Two goals scored for Manchester United against Newcastle. Also, we say it every day. If you have any questions or you want to talk things that you saw over the weekend, give us a text on double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kennards phone line 0800-150-811. And morning, Louie. Louie. Is Good he? morning, Louie. Is he? How are you, mate? Oh, bro. Oh, <laughs> I am. I'm like a. I'm like a prop forward coming off the back fence today because there's so much to get into and I'm just, I cannot wait for that contact area. I'm lying. I don't want contact. I don't, I don't want any sort of conflict. But if you think about where we left on Friday, you were off to get your ankle uh, bolted up and we were talking, uh, we we're talking rugby. We were talking the NRL, the AFL. Last night, that feels like that was the longest sporting weekend ever. We had Premier League. Mm. We had tennis, Grand Slam tennis. We had then an All Blacks game on a Sunday night, which kind of makes the weekend feel like it's actually four days worth. There was so much sport. I don't know how we're going to get through it all today. <laughs> there was, there was, mate. But that's, that's the great thing about weekends. You want it to be jam-packed with sport. You want it to be busy, you know, so you can just chill out on the couch. You can flick through the channels, you can watch all things. Like yesterday morning, I just woken up and I was chilling out on the couch, you know, turn on, uh, you know, turn on the TV, check on ESPN and Emma Raducanu and, and Leila Fernandez are playing the US Open final. So I sit down and watch it, mate. What a what an unbelievable spectacle. Those two absolute champions. And 
obviously Emma was lucky enough to to get up in the end, but just seeing the raw emotion from Layla, you know, the the, the disbelief that she was actually there, you know, she was in that moment, being able to represent her family, all her family were in the stands and just seeing what this, like, this is a bit of an understanding. I know we don't want to get into the social media of the world, but Emma, before she went into the US Open, she had 40,000 followers on Instagram. She has 1.4 million thousand followers now. <laughs> that's true. So, that's true, mate. She had 40,000 leading into this, and um, uh, she's she's come out of this, obviously, $2.5 million US richer and uh, 1.4 million uh, followers more on Instagram, but I just want like, what is this going to do for his career, her career, her career? Like, this is obviously a big win. We know with Michael Campbell, his win was probably a a twenty million dollar win, in sense of endorsements, things like that, paychecks that you're going to get out of this. This girl, her life has changed forever. Unbelievable. I just hope she can carry it forward. I don't know if you remember, but uh, Eugenie Bouchard, Eugenie yeah. Bouchard. Oh, she, I remember. She, she yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what that's the thing uh, with this Louis. Like Eugenie, she made the semi-finals in Wimbledon. I think it was. She went on and and uh, so her following went through the roof. She's got over three million followers, but she fell away. She's fell away at the moment. She probably hasn't regained the heights that was uh, her tennis ability over the last um, couple of years. So I don't th- see this happening to Emma Raducanu. I think she's got a huge, huge future ahead of her. And, yeah, what an unbelievable win, mate. Yes. Okay, I can't wait to hear from you later in the show then about this age concept you've been talking about because there were some unreal performances with those maybe at the, you know, including Tom Brady, add him to the list on uh, Thursday, mm. uh, Friday as well. But then Emma Raducanu and uh, Layla Fernandez down right at the other end of the spectrum, just teenagers duking it out on centre court. Uh, quite incredible, and I think she's got all the tools. I'll be looking forward to hear from Brett Phillips what he thinks about her actual tennis and why she didn't even drop a set. Can you imagine that? Mm. Not dropping a set in a Grand Slam. Oh, mate, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, I'm not a huge uh, tennis nut. I don't. I love the game. I, I enjoy playing it, but just that feat in itself is, is a huge achievement for, for a qualifier. You know, she she had, she qualified to play in the US Open, qualified to go through mm. and create history and win the competition. Like it's that's just awesome. And like you said, age is just a number. Age is just a number, mate. And, and like that's the early spectrum with, with young athletes. It's easy for them. They don't have any expectations. They don't have any pressure. It's not easy, I should say, but they don't have the expectations of probably a, a well-known athlete that's been around that's got a lot of experience. So they go in this with uh, just just you know what if. You know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. So there's none of that external pressure, I feel. But then you think of, uh, like I said, Tom Brady, um, Quade Cooper. I was talking to Matt Ghetto yesterday. I did a wee thing with Matt Ghetto yesterday. He's had 20 years in the game. He's potentially going to keep going. You look at LeBron James, um, you know, just all these athletes, uh, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, you know, like this is just the new age athlete now, these new age athletes. This is... What happens if you put time and money and effort into your body and you put time into your mind, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Like Age is no barrier now. Age is no barrier. It might slow you down technically, but these, 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 new, uh, these older athletes, they're smart, mate. They're experienced. They figure ways around it, around these younger athletes. I was talking to Matt Gato yesterday, and I had a good, great conversation with him, and he was th- I said, mate, what keeps you going? Like, how do you... Like, what keeps you motivated? And he, and he says, you know what, Izzy? When I'm training, 
when I'm training at home, I go look for the youngest athlete. I go find the youngest athlete and I go find the young up-and-coming athlete and I train with him. I train with him because I'm like, one, I don't want this young guy to beat me. He ain't going to beat me. So you're training against these young athletes that are full of energy, full of excitement. They've got their whole lives ahead and their bodies aren't hurting. So Matt Ghetto goes and puts himself with the youngest, fittest athletes and pushes himself to the to the to the bare end. And that's what I've heard from a guy like Kobe Bryant too at training. One on one, he'll go do one on one trainings with with the probably the fittest guys and then he'll go next guy, next guy. See, they're always pushing the barriers, mate. These old athletes. So look, age is, is no barrier. I feel. Oh, that, that's look. I couldn't agree more. I don't really know. Uh, hesitant to agree so much at this time of the morning as he. We're just on the same page, but that must be we, we must be bang on. But like you're you're just. It's changed. The landscape's changed. Look at Val Adams. Mm. Look at Hamish Bond. Uh, it's different. It's the, the, the goalposts have shifted of what athletes can do at what age now. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's a completely different playing field. So I'm really looking forward to hearing you go into that in a bit more depth later on. Hey, um, Trudy said in the news that the weather is atrocious around the country. Double eight, double three. Mm. Where are you? Give us your weather and track conditions. If it's been a, a howly old night, let us know what you think of the. Let us know where you are and what's going on. Is it windy down your place? Oh, she is. She's no good here, Louis. She's no good. I was walking out to the. Um, I was walking out to the pool house and I nearly got blown after Timbuktu, mate. She's full noise. I was looking outside and, and Trudy was talking about lightning striking the ground and. And creating fire around um, North Otago and Canterbury. When I was just walking out, I saw a big lightning strike just smash the ground close to close to the probably a couple of kilometres away. It felt like, but it's yeah, she's pretty gnarly down here. She's pretty cold. I'm quite happy. I'm just snugged up inside at the moment because she's she's all go. I thought the house was going to blow down yesterday. It was very very windy. Um, so yeah, if, hope we all hope you're all safe and sound out there. We got Sean. He's in Christchurch, and it's wet and windy. And well, sure is, Shawnee, I'm here with you, but it's it's no good. So where you are, hope you're safe, button it down, batten down the hatches, look after yourselves, because she's pretty chaotic down there, especially in Christchurch area. Do you, um, what's the deal with your, your foot? Do you have uh, a couple of bits of metal in there that a bit of electricity could conduct if you get too close to a lightning strike? <laughs> oh, I hope not, Louis. I hope, no, I do, I have, uh, actually it's fascinating, no, the surgeon coming afterwards and he showed me this photo and... I've got these two uh, screws at the top of my foot that are just keeping um, the ligaments together so they can heal. And then in six months' time, I've got to go back in and, and get the screws taken out. So, yeah, I've got two screws in, in the top of my foot by my toes, and they're just keeping the foot together at the moment. So not ideal, but that's the way. I just I just said to them, I said, mate, if I go through the um, scanners at the airport, there's a beep. And they're like, um, I'm unsure. So hopefully not, mate, because there's nothing worse hey, when you're behind old old Uncle Jim and he's in there more <laughs> beeped out for left, right and centre. Eh? You know? yeah. And I'm like, oh, hopefully I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> there is nothing worse. <laughs> and they're just dragging the chain. Did the, uh, was, the, was the surgeon a rugby fan? Uh, look, I'll be honest, I have to do a wee shout-out to, to Jonathan Shah and his team out at, at the Christchurch Hospital, mate. They were unbelievable. I, I was, as soon as I left here, I was straight to the hospital, and I was first up, bang, straight in, done. And there's a new uh, hospital in Christchurch called Waipapa. It's a public hospital. I was just public, went into public, and, um, mate, unbelievable service. And, and the new hospital was absolutely amazing. When you, you know, you think, oh, you know, it's going to be, 
pretty gnarly, but the food was great, the service was awesome, and just a quick shout out to all our nurses out there, the frontline crew yeah. doing an amazing job. Um, mate, I had great service over the weekend, and uh, yeah, without you, we wouldn't be able to do the things we do. You keep us safe, so thank you very much to all our frontline services. That's a, a great point, mate, and I'm glad your experience was good. Morning, boys. Great sport over the weekend. Great footy league union tennis Super League triathlon overnight with New Zealand's Hayden Wild being right up there. Unnamed text. So leave your name when you send us a text on double eight double three. We love you getting in touch. That's a great text. There was so much, including Premier League this morning, where Liverpool have uh, got up over Leeds. And right now, Izzy, I've got Buffalo-Pittsburgh on the tally in front of me. What a mm. game to kick off the NFL season for those two teams. Uh, Buffalo, by all accounts, should be pretty handy this year. They should, they should. I've heard they're going to be leading the way towards the end of the playoff season. Is Ben Roethlisberger playing for for Pittsburgh? Yep, he is, he mate. No, no, he's big, big Ben's out there. And it's always a good reminder when you start the next NFL season just about how terrible they are at catching. <laughs> you notice that? They just can't catch. <laughs> I'm sure they can catch, Louis. They get paid billions to catch a ball, mate. Mate, well, well, you'll get you outside. I'll throw you a little seed and see if you can bloody catch, eh? Mate, I, I don't know what it is, but like they've got, you know, there's the, the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world that are just they can catch with one hand looking the other way, but then they get the simple like you throw a little running back a little ball and it's the simplest little ball and it's like it's like it's hard, it's like it's a little bit of soap. They just cannot grab it. I always every time I always think, man, we just need to get an Izzy Dag over there, give them a little bomb squad shooter. <laughs> No, mate. No, mate. No, they're, they're a lot more athletic than me. Look at me, mate. I'm stuck in my seat <laughs> with my foot up, weighing 10 kilos heavier than I used to. Anyway, that's enough of that chat. <laughs> All Blacks, that happened. They absolutely gave the uh, Argent to the Pumas a, an absolute hiding, really. It was 39 0. We're going to talk about that after this on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz over in the UAE, in the land of the sand, making a crust. We'll be back in no time at all. What were your observations of the All Blacks test last night? Double eight, double three. Any questions for Izzy Dag? Let us know. What did you think? Was it a fair enough representation, the score? Or do you think the All Blacks left a little bit on the table? We'll get into that after this. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 23 and a half minutes past six o'clock on the first day of an extremely busy sporting week. Uh, we had an All Blacks test last night, Izzy, that we want to hear from you about 0800 150 811, the Kennard's higher phone line. Give us a call. Might have been Argentina, but it was a pretty brutal test match. What were your immediate takeaways, mate? Watching that, a little bit of Sunday night footy. You enjoy it? Oh, I loved it, mate. I loved it. And I loved it from the get-go, Louis. I loved it from right from the start. You know how I knew it was going to be a tough night for Argentina? Was that first hit-up, mate. I don't know if you know, Pablo Matera, he, he is their enforcer. He is the Argentinian leader. He is their leader. And there is nothing worse when you see your leader get the ball and you're taking the first hit-up and there's several races around your ankles. He's made a little clutch tackle. And then Nipo Lalala comes over the top and absolutely snaps you in half. Snaps Pablo Matera <laughs> in half. And that just set the scene from the get-go. When, and, and when you're playing for it, Argentina, I spoke about last week, they are passionate. They are emotional side. And if you give them a start and you give them a sniff, it's going to be a long night at the office. For me, that set the scene. As soon as Nipo Lalala snapped him in half, put him on his back, I knew that Argentina was game over for them. When they see their leader getting hurt, they're like, oh, okay, they all go back into their shells. 
into the trenches. So that set the scene for me early. And Nipo Lalala, for me, in that first half, was probably the player of that first half uh, match. That set his scene, that set his attitude, but it wasn't just that. Set piece-wise, his work around the park, ball in hand, unbelievable. You loved it last night, how you see, you watch like the Brody Italics and the guys, they will getting it in that middle pod, off nine, there was a pod off nine, There was they're always hitting that middle attacker, and then they'd either go inside or outside. And now their ball playing ability last night, their ball skills were outstanding. So I thought they were very, very clinical. What I took another takeaway from last night, I thought Bowden Barrett took his um took his game to another level last night. You saw his first two touches. He took the ball to the line in his first touch, got through a half gap, got tackled. Next time he took his he took his uh, another opportunity, took it to the line again, got through the half gap, got an offload away, Rico Yuani scores his first try. So that for me just showed that that um, Bodie's game is starting to come together uh, real nicely, and at, at the right time of the the year with obviously Richie Mwanga away. But there's obviously a lot of concerns about Bodie. He went off uh, just after half time after he scored, uh, set up that freakish offload again out the back of his hand. I dare you to do that at home. That is unbelievable skill sets from from Bowden Barrett. But there is a little um, niggly injury there. I saw when he was kicking one of his kick conversions, he just just wasn't really following through. He was kind of snapping it and just wasn't really connecting it as well. So I think there is a lot more to that um, than we uh, probably know at the moment. I think he's carrying a, a little calf injury or something. He heard in his post-match he touched on it and then he backtracked real quickly because he didn't want to kind of share the news. So I think there's something a little bit more there. As well, so I want to know if Bowden Barrett goes down. Yes, Damian McKenzie is there, and I thought he looked pretty sharp as well when he came on at ten. Um, playing, loved his when he was getting the ball flat at the line. You know, I want uh, you would have seen it when he hit Luke Jacobson flat. He did a real face ball across the flat line, and he hit that Luke Jacobson, the second attacker outside the the, the first defender outside Damian. He hit that second guy hitting an inside shoulder line. Um, that was unreal. So. I want to know from you at home if if they uh if Bowden Barrett is out, and Damian McKenzie comes in at ten, what does the re reshake? What does the remodel look like for the All Blacks? How does the back, the reserves look like? Who will be covering ten? Who would you like to see come in? Who would you like to see given an opportunity? If Damian Touchwood goes down as well, who would fill in that ten role? Give us a text on double eight double three. Um, also. But um, Louis, I thought TJ Pedernala last night really stood up as well. I yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah, um, like he wasn't getting the cleanest ball as well. He wasn't getting clean ball at the ruck, but his ability to clear that ball so quick and actually get to the ball, like they were getting LQB lightning quick ball was off the charts last night. They were outstanding. They got the ball, shifted it to space. They, their work at the breakdown was good. They were cleaning bodies. They were getting bodies over the ball. The ball was spitting out, so it wasn't really clean ball, but uh, TJ's ability to get the ball out and spread it and, and keep the ball alive. Argentina, big bodies. Big bodies, you've got to move them around. It's a bit like South Africa. got to move them around. got to keep the big bodies moving. So I thought TJ Pitanada was, was great last night. And then another one, Rico. Rico Iwani. Wow. Like he, I'll be honest. Rico Iwani, I know you're a big fan. You want to comment on this as well. Rico Ioane, I'll be honest, I didn't think he was a centre. I'm probably still not 100% confident that he is a centre, but last night took me a lot a, a lot further to actually changing my mindset on his ability to play centre. Well, what I saw from him last night was his actual double-sided attack. Last night, 
we're used to seeing uh, Rico Iwani taking the outside gap, putting on the outside boots. The defenders have figured that out. They'll start on his outside. He, we know he's fast. He's lightning quick. So they'll start on the outside, and they'll give him that inside shoulder. But last night, mate, you saw that little tip line when he hit off Luke Jacobson through that little inside shoulder. That's that's not the Rico that we're used to. We're used to seeing him go on the outside. So for him bringing that two-sided attack, mate, it's just absolute game-changer. And uh, last night was just a, um, just goes a long way to for me to cementing that he maybe potentially is a centre if we need him to be. So look, there's some fascinating insights. I know we're going to go to the news soon, so I'll just quickly shut up in a minute, but we got some, <laughs> we can carry on these conversations and talk about it because I think there's some outstanding. But then I want to talk about the stats, so come back to me after. Yes. We'll talk about the stats, and then we'll see from these stats if everyone is happy with the performance that trans- transition last night with the All Blacks. Bingo is, after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk about the performance overall with the stats in mind and looking at the kind of full spectrum. That was an unreal rundown of the player performances. Rico is in another stratosphere athletically at the moment. Double eight, double three. you've just heard Izzy's take. TJ Perinara, Bowden Barrett, Nipo Lalala, Rico Yuani, T- um, TJ as well, I think I said that. Who did you love? Who did you love last night? Give us a player performance. Someone's come through. Harvey, the man can do anything. Also would say Retallick again was a beast. Absolutely love that. <laughs> double eight, double three. Who was standout last night? Who do you want to hear Izzy's opinion of? And then we'll talk about the game as a whole after seven o'clock as well. It's 6.30. How good is Test Footy on a Sunday for a Monday morning show? Absolutely love it. It's time for the news now with Trudy, though, and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. Kia ora to you. Today, Māori Language Week, of course. We're dropping some Tereo in throughout the week. It is the 13th of September, and it was a massive sporting weekend. So here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, we'll do our best to reflect everything over the next two and a half hours. Novak Djokovic goes for the Grand Slam at 8 a.m. So right now... We are about an hour and a half away from potentially seeing history unfold. Yesterday, it was all Emma Raducanu, the youngster getting it done on the women's side of the draw. We've got NFL on. We've got some EPL going on. We're reveling in a 39-zip All Blacks performance, a, a shutout against Argentina, double eight, double three. Who was your player of the match or player performances you want to hear Izzy discuss? But just before we get back to some rugby, it's time for a quick loveracing.nz thoroughbred racing update. They are your home for everything thoroughbred racing and the Kiwi breads this weekend. Wow. Head of the straight down, Written Beauty lays it down to Volpine Vangelic, roused along in third, followed by Untrivier. McDonald's given the New Zealand mayor her cue to run home. Written Beauty trying to beat off Volpine, but Untrivier's closing in strongly. And Untrivier moved up now to take the lead from Written Beauty for two slate on the scene, and then came Mark Busher. But Untrivier, the class is shining through, and Untrivier goes on to win the Shiraco, goes on to beat for two, and Mark Busher third. It was a huge Saturday of racing, Izzy. For us New Zealanders over there in Australia, we had Entrevier flying our flag, and she, well, she kicked the Australia, the Sydney sprinting mares in, really. It was clinical. So uh, great effort to Jamie Richards, James McDonald, Tiakau. Congratulations. You've got yourself a very speedy mare on your hands. We tipped it out on Thursday last week. Double eight, double three. 
Do you have an invitation ticket? Do you have a futures ticket for the invitation? And what price did you get? I'd love to see some people celebrating that. Uh, other than that, Moonga is. That was pretty impressive. Very, very impressive for Moonga. And I have to admit it, I went on um, Aegon. I went on Aegon and um, Aegon just pulled up towards the end. So hopefully Aegon, the horse, is doing okay. It was a tough, tough weekend on the punt. I loved it. Loved it. Love having spring racing back, mate. I was texting one of my good mates, and we were just talking all things horses. And you know, Baz's horse, the Fibberate, um, obviously coming second, just pulling up short, but they had an absolutely outstanding run home. Uh, Moanga, what an absolute champion! Probably could have gone on to win that that race. Ah, what else? Gerda. Oh, Gerda. No. Gerda just, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough. Look, I'll be honest, Louis. It was a tough weekend on the punt for me, and I. I couldn't get anything going. If only I'd just got on on trivia, it might have got things back for me. But um, yeah, it was a tough weekend on the punt for me, mate. Hey, it happens to everyone, the best and the worst of us. It's always it's always tough. The Cossack got up in the road to the Jericho at New Plymouth. Uh, Zephyr Z got up as well. Ladies Man at New Plymouth. There was racing here in New Zealand. It was wet tracks. Moonga and Aegon has um he's he's bled a little bit. So Andrew Forsman and the team are gonna get Aegon back up on a plane back to New Zealand, give him some time in the paddock and then reassess from there. But you're right, defibrillate just stormed mm. home. So Baz McCullum, Brendan McCullum, might have a Melbourne Cup horse on his hands. Can you believe that? Yeah. I heard that, mate. Is that is that the chat, is it? That chat going around about the horse. Yeah, it's uh, look the uh, um, Richie and Paddy Payne and the team that are kind of making the calls on on this horse. I think they've they've seen enough that it's a staying type. It's out. It's a shocking. It's by shocking, which is a staying stallion. That they're probably yeah. going to target a Melbourne Cup, which it, it's just so exciting for the show to be able to follow along with that. So. Um, yeah, we need all the punting advice we can get, though. You're right, Izzy. So double eight, double three. Did you have any winners? <laughs> and what what do you have for us coming up this week? Because we need all the help we can get. <laughs> hey, I got a text here, um, Louis. I got high bears, high bears. Bodie <laughs> Barrett was on fire. Richie, who? Oh. Rico Yuani was outstanding. Won't be easy for the other lads getting back in. That's from Hammer, mate. Look, that's the thing. What what does this? What does Rico's performance on the weekend? What does this do for the back line, uh, Louis? That's what conversations I want to hear. Like Anton Leonard Brown that was out with a hamstring. Rico, you aren't even putting on an absolute performance at centre. For me, he is a winger. And what I've kind of figured on the weekend is that we need Sever Reese out there as well. So Sever Reese needs to play. Rico, you needs to play. Will Jordan needs to play. <laughs> Jordy Barrett needs to play. Anton Nealett Brown needs to play, mate. And all those names can't fit into the back line at the moment. So there is some difficult um, conversations that need to be had, some difficult decisions that need to be made within that back line. I want to hear what your back line would be at home. Give us a text on double eight double three because there are some absolute class players that are going to be left out in that in those convers- in those teams coming up in the next couple of weeks. So. Interesting to hear what Fozzie goes for, but I want to hear from you. Give us a text. Yeah, double eight, double three. Who are the standouts, and what does that mean moving forward for the selection of this backline? And look, the loose forwards as well. Luke Jacobson was immense. It's 21 minutes away from 7 a.m. 
Well, we've got a quizzy dag to start the week, which I've seen it, and it is a doozy. We have an absolute doozy woozy on our hands here. Uh, 0800 150 811, the Kenard's iPhone. Come see me. You, what, yeah, come see the Yiz Master. You want a TAB voucher? $50 worth of bonus bets? You're going to need it. You're going to want it. So come and see the Quiz Master. 0800 150 811. You certainly are. It is 16 minutes away from seven, and we're about to light it up with Quizzy Dag. So get on the phone lines, 0800 150 811. Novak Djokovic starts his quest in the final of the Grand Slam of the US Open to win the Grand Slam at 8am. The Buffalo Bills are leading the Steelers 10 zip right now. So much else going on on this lovely Monday morning, the 13th of September. But let's get into it. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> well, 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 that just gets everyone excited. I can see the crew in the studio, they're just getting excited, jumping up and down, dancing away. It's great to be back on Monday, the 13th of September. Quizzy Dag, and if you're a bit like myself and you need a bit of top up for that TAB account, then you look no further than the Quizzy Dag. I've five questions for you. You know that. You know how it rolls. Get them all right, you win the fifty dollars. So here we go. Tim, good morning. Morning, guys. Morning, Tim. Here we go. Question number one, mate. Who opened the scoring for the All Blacks last night against Argentina? Ah. <laughs> uh. Jake. Four, three, two, Jake. one. Huh? Jacob. Luke Jacobson. Ja- no. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Tim. Come on, Timmy. All right, Timmy. Good luck next time, mate. Craig, good morning. Morning. Morning, morning. Easy it question was, uh, to start with you. Yep. Rico, Rico Iwani, you got it, mate. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Question number two. Gina Crampton, the new Silver Ferns captain, played for which ANZ Premiership uh, fr- Premiership team this year? Oh, God. Nickel. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mystics. God only knows. No. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Good luck next time. You can't say that. Here he is. Cra- uh, Richie. Good morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning, Morning, mate. Gina Crampton, the new Silver Ferns captain, played for which ANZ Premiership? Yes. Well done. There we go. Question number three. Cristiano Ronaldo scored two goals on his Manchester United return against which team? Newcastle. Beautiful, beautiful. In which year did the Black Cats last tour... Pakistan. 2003. Beautiful. Question number five. Emma Raducanu became the first British woman since who to win the Grand Slam title? Uh, Last name's Wade. 
Um, oh. Miss Wade from Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, really, I'm going to give that to them. That's the Oregon. You reckon I reckon? It's a state. Yeah. It's a state. Gonna... It's a state in America. Yeah, no, you're the quiz master, I suppose. <laughs> I'm the quiz master, mate. You've won it. Yeah, Virginia Wade. I'll give you it. Well done. Well done, yeah. Richie. Good work, mate. Last yeah, name, Wade. Thanks, Richie. Awesome. Enjoy, mate. Spend it wisely. Don't be like us, mugs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good effort. Last name, Wade. I don't mind it. Mm. No, that was, I had to give that one, Louis. There were some tough questions in there, like 2003 Pakistan tour. Yes. Great to see the Black Caps this Friday. They're over in Pakistan, first time since 2003, and we all know what happened back then with uh, security risks, but now they've got pretty much the whole entire Pakistan army following them around, <laughs> so they'll be well and truly safe over there. Great to see the Black Caps touring back in Pakistan. So, now nah, awesome quiz. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining We'll bring another doozy tomorrow, I reckon. 100% we will. We'll be back with some more texts as well about the all-black player performances. After seven, we're going to talk about the game. Izzy's going to give us his thoughts on the game as a whole. But right now, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Anyone last night that you thought was exceptional, anyone you want to pick Izzy's brain about, get to those after this as well as Trudy's World. <laughs> A massive weekend of sport. Six minutes away from seven. We're working through it all today. So we have had the NRL last night. The Knights couldn't quite get over the eels. We're talking tennis in the next hour with Brett Phillips as we look towards Novak Djokovic and reflect on the amazing Emma Raducanu. But we're the day after a big All Blacks test, Izzy, and double eight, double three. People have opinions on how well our All Blacks played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got some great text messages coming. I've got, to, I've got to read this one. I agree with Izzy. I thought TJ had his best game in the black jersey for a while. Also, if Bodie is unavailable, I reckon big Carl Tuinukuafu could slot in that first five. Look at his distribution skills. Not sure about his kicking game. His goal kicking, though. But I'll back him in those areas. We all know that props are just first fives in a larger frame. That is from Richie. And I've told you, mate, that is a great... Like, Probably one of the most skillfulest players, skillfulish uh, with the catch pass, you know, catching early, delivering across the body, was actually a big guy called Owen Franks, mate. You watch his ball skill playing ability, and that is a luxury we have in New Zealand at the moment. We have every player on that field can actually ball play, and they can actually play in the position where they have to do little back balls to the, to the pivots out the back or do little tip lines, catching early, Passing, mate. We are so lucky in this country with the skill sets that our big boys bring to the game. It helps us evolve. It helps us be able to play that high-tempo game that the All Blacks are after. So great, great text message from Richie. Also another text here as well. Izzy Dag, Moanga, still our number one 10, but only just as Bowden Barrett starting to show why he has World Player of the Year a couple of seasons back, mate. And I totally agree. How lucky are we? When you've got a guy like Richie Munger who's back home waiting for his uh, second child to be born and then we can bring in a guy like uh, Bowden Barrett who hasn't had probably the opportunities that he was hoping over the last couple of months to get his form. But he is starting to regain that form and what a luxury for the All Blacks to be able to have. So great text message there. And just one more before we move on. Rico Iwani and Severo Reese for me still are our wingers. Keep Harvili and Anton in the midfield. was just fascinating. Rico Iwani. And Sibu Reese on the wing. So where does that leave George Bridge, Will Jordan? 
Wool Jordan. We're going to be with Wool Jordan's going to be left out of if they're in it. Mate, what a luxury these All Blacks have to be able to select from such fine, fine players. So awesome, awesome text messages. Keep them coming in as well. Double eight, double three. Love to hear from you. If you've got any questions for me, fire away and I'll get those answered for you. Bang on, Izzy. What a luxury to have. It's three minutes away from Trudy with the news. It's Trudy's world. 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 That is just beautiful. Well, it's Monday, it's Māori Language Week and a bit of magic or makutu to put a smile on your dial to kickstart your week. Firstly, a light in the sand, summer is coming. Two weeks and daylight saving starts. Longer days, sunshine on our shoulders, all good in the hood. Hey, Louie and Izzy, you guys were talking before about NFL catches. I think you were talking of some sort of... Yeah, I was just having a whinge. I don't know anything though, so don't worry. But did you see that cat catch that is taking the world by storm? The viral video of the cat falling off the roof? Well, it's been called the most heart-stopping catch of the footy season. It wasn't on the field at Hard Rock Stadium in the States. A cat was video dangling from the upper deck of the stadium and fell into the th- crowd of fans who caught it with a flag. They, 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 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they actually just, like, they then they held the cat awesome. up Simba style to Did the you, crowd. There have you a, seen it? Is? It's so good, the video. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I was trying to find it just then, but I'll have a look after this. It was holding they, it up they, Simba style. This like, feral stadium cat, they're like <laughs> holding it up. It's probably scratchy, but they're probably going to die of tuberculosis well, they, or something. Yeah, the video can actually see the cat like it's been caught. They saved its life and he wasn't in a good mood. He's like clawing yeah, at his heroes yeah. and he's like urinating on them. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> Hard Rock Stadium even tweeted, the cat landed safely. We wish the cat the best in his remaining eight lives. Um, the hashtag is Hard Rock Cat, and just go and have a look. I put it on our Twitter page at SENZ underscore radio. Yes. And doozy, oh, dizzy, busy, quizzy, Izzy. We absolutely love you. The fact that you're here, you've shown up, you've broken your foot, you fell off your bike, Baz flew away to the land of the sand, just when we needed you most. And then you, but look, you've shown up, you're here, you're smiling, you've stepped up, and you're a blimmin' champion. But it's not the worst break leg story that I have found. I found one, which is better for you. Um, I had to wee so bad, but I didn't like the downstairs bathroom at my grandparents' house because it reminded me of The Shining. So I decided to use their upstairs bathroom. I ran up the stairs. When I got to the top, my foot slipped. I tumbled down the stairs, peed myself, and broke my leg. So that was, who, who is this oh? person? This was just a story I found to oh. so make Izzy feel better about this. <laughs> I thought it was me. you. Yeah, I, was like, I thought it was <laughs> Trudy. <laughs> You're looking pretty good, Trudy, for someone with a broken leg and weighing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy, oh. Trudy's word. <laughs> there is a lot more people worse off than me. I'm happy to be back to be able to share some insights and share some fun. So thanks for that kind words, Trudy Nelson. You were an absolute champion too, darling. That's right. Trudy's coming up with the news now for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And it is just after 7am on Monday the 13th of September and what a weekend of sport it was. We had everything. We had rugby league, we had tennis, we had golf. We had football and we had rugby. And if you feel like you've missed that first hour, make sure you head over to our podcast. You'll cover things, all things sport. I reviewed the All Blacks' performance, my highs and my takeouts from that clinical performance, beating the Argentinians 39-0. So head back and have a look. Download the app, SEN app. We'll head over to our podcast, Baz and Izzy, for breakfast to hear all things sport. And coming up on the show at about 740 we will be crossing over to Brett Phillips. He is our SENZ, the first serve host. 
to talk all things US Open and that unbelievable performance by Emma Raducanu over in the United States. Just saw a wee photo on her Instagram there. Her name up with some of the greats, Serena Williams. Imagine what her is going through her mind. The young girl just qualified to play in the US Open. That is a, a wonderful achievement in itself, but to actually go on and win it, mate, unreal. So looking forward to chatting to Brett Phillips. And then just after seven, I'm going to just have my little take. I'm going to be talking all things rugby, and I want to delve into a little topic that I think, well, I know it just it really irritates me at the moment, really irritates me at the moment, but Louis, I'll come back to you, mate. We're doing all right. You're doing all right, brother? I am all right, Izzy. Thank you, and it's good to be here on a Monday where it's try- a bit overwhelming trying to kind of circle all of the sport from the weekend. Uh, mm. I, look, something we don't usually mention here, but I've thoroughly enjoyed was two complete drubbings in the AFL as well. So the, the Melbourne Demons, the long-suffering D's fans got a win, and mm. uh, then the Bulldogs fans, who used to be long-suffering before they won a premiership. So there was the AFL, the NRL, the NFL this morning, and then just a little story just to just to kick back before I throw over to you to get into the footy. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, the Aussie, everybody's favourite Aussie, has yeah. won in uh, Monza, I think it is, and Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were tangled up in this ugly crash. And you know how they have those halos on the cars mm. now? So those little... Uh, like rings that sit above the driver's heads. You'd, if you watch Drive to Survive, you'd know the innovation that's gone on there. There's this crazy photo that we'll retweet on the Bears and Izzy breakfast uh, Twitter page where the back of uh, Verstappen's, or the front of Verstappen's car has gone over the top of Hamilton's. And if the halo's not there, wow. uh, you don't want to think about it. So crazy yeah. scenes in the F1 this morning. But Daniel Ricciardo, who is one of the great characters of sport, gets yeah. up. So there's so much going on, Is. There is, there is. Daniel Ricciardo, I love that drive to survive. He's a, he's a, he's a must-watch. Love, I've enjoyed watching his. That's the thing, like, I've, I didn't know nothing about Formula 1. You watch that drive to survive, you know every single thing about it. And knowing Daniel Ricciardo, watching him in, in that series, getting a little insight to what he's an absolute champion bloke. So great to see him. McLaren, one and two, mate. They're yeah. back, they're back. McLaren is back. And also the league, mate. Panthers losing to the Rabbitohs. Beave will not be happy. Yeah. Beef Panthers, Beavers, Panthers, mate. What's going on? What happened? <laughs> Panthers, baby. What? Beef, double Sorry. eight, double three. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a text, Beef. What's going on with you, Panthers, mate? That's a shocker. But um, heaps of correspondence on the Union, uh, the All Blacks test, because a Sunday night test, it was two in a row, mm. but it's pretty unlikely. We don't usually get it that often, is he? So people are, are fired up, and I'm curious to hear about your take on the yeah. actual game itself and what you made of, I guess, the full picture. Um, look, uh, some, I want to touch on a, a little subject that I think needs a lot of work. So at the moment, that game went 15 minutes over time. Went 15 minutes longer than it probably should have. So here's a lot of people talking about reset scrums and slowing the games down, injury breaks, blah, blah. They need to be, you know, they're talking about that. For me, for me, I've, what I, my take from that game was other TMOs, other TMOs having too much of an influence in our game in this day and age? Are they taking away the ability for referees to make decisions? And now are referees actually referring to the TMO because they've lost that instinctual ability to make decisions on the run? 
that is my thoughts from yesterday's game. The game was slow, and I felt like George Berry was constantly referring to the TMO, constantly going up. The TMO was having a lot of uh, influence in the game, and we've seen it with the league, you know, league at the moment, with the bunker. The bunker, you know, they're constantly coming in. Whenever there's a try scored, it looks like it's a try, mate. It's a try. Anyone with, with, with two eyes can know that there's a try, but they blow the double whistle, they go up to the bunker, and the bunker makes the final decision. So my thoughts is, is the TMO... And is the game of rugby with, with the TMO's influence in the game at the moment, all the, all the people behind the cameras, is their influence in the game slowing our game down and making it harder or making it a, a difficult decision for these refs to make decisions down the field? I want to hear your thoughts at home. Give, us me, give me a text in double eight double three with your thoughts on the TMO. My thoughts are that the refs are losing their ability to make decisions on the fly, make decisions on the go, and they're referring to the TMO a lot more than they should. Don't get me wrong. Safety is paramount. There is a time when the TMO needs to be used. But at the moment, I feel like the TMO is having too much influence on the game and is slowing our game and is, is potentially ruining the game. That is my fast, uh, thoughts, Louis. Well, I hear your little take on that. What do you think, mate? It's a tough one. Uh, look, the game, it's an unacceptable length. I, the game has taken two hours and ten minutes. That is, I don't think any rugby fan or any sports fan thinks that that's an acceptable amount of time. But is it the TMO, is he, or is it Argentina's continual breakdown play where they, in the second half, where they were tired, the All Blacks were hot on attack, and actually during the first half as well, it was just breakdown penalty after breakdown penalty where I don't know whether Nick Berry has a choice mm. a lot of the time. Um, so the TMOs, the, look, the TMO is a frustrating one because they are constantly checking the game, aren't they? So then why do we have to go to them? If yeah. something's wrong, shouldn't they just have the power? Shouldn't you just be able to kind of come and sort it out straight away? But I wonder about the time, just the the persistent breakdown penalties. It just kind of, it made the last 20 minutes a really hard watch for me last night, but I don't know. Do, yeah. Am I on the money there, or is that off the mark? Yeah, no, that's you're on the money there. Like Argentina didn't make it a lot easier for themselves. They were terrible at the breakdown. Pablo Matera gave away a ton of breakdown um, penalties. But for me, it's just you know little things around the goal line, um, just throughout the game that you know the the TMOs probably yelling out check check um, during the game. They're playing re- uh, replays. The refs. Focus is taken away from the game, so he's looking up at the big screen, and then he goes back and has a wee look. So, I just, I just feel like it's, it's just a slow and, and tedious process. And and don't get me wrong, refs, we need to make the right decisions. We want our refs to make the right decisions, but I feel like it's taking away their instinctual, instinctual way to be able to see the game and referee it. And um, yeah, that that's just my my thoughts at the moment. That the TMOs are probably just having a bit more influence than I feel like they should have. Where do you sit on the bunker? Yeah. In the NRL, oh, the bunker really irritates me. How they always like, I've I've seen a try. There's a try being scored, and they go back to the bunker, and then the bunker comes out and makes the call. And nine times out of ten, there it's a wrong call too. <laughs> so it's a bloody shambles, mate. Like, oh, but look, honestly, league is a totally different game. There's there's different parts to the to the way that they structure. You get like the back balls. You can't have that back def- attacker going outside the the front running line um, before he gets the ball. So you've actually got to catch the ball behind it so the defender can make decisions. There's all that technical side of it that happens really quick in the game of league that they probably have to referee. But sometimes there's, there's tries that have been scored and they go to the bunker and it just slows it down. It's, it's an absolutely no-brainer to try. So 
Look, it's just one of those touchy little subjects for me that feel like um, could just do a bit of work, a bit of work, because the game is is slow with resets and things like that, and that just the TMO's decisions and things like that was just just slowing it down a bit more, mate. So that's just my take from it. Yeah, fair enough. Double eight, double three. Give us a, or give us a call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Is Izzy on the mark here, or, or do we need the TMO? And is this for safety, for actually the game's integrity? Is this just a situation we have to deal with? Double eight, double three. Is the TMO ruining the game for you? The game itself is he thirty nine nil a shutout from the All Blacks. Mm. Is that a fair representation of how they played? Yeah, look, uh, it's fascinating post that I was, I was reading the stats, the full-time stats. So here's the stats. I'll read them for you at home. Possession was 64% in favour of the All Blacks. Territory was 65%. Time and opposition, 22. The All Blacks had 10 minutes and 10 seconds in the opposition, 22. They had 22 visits to the 22 of the Argentinian side. They only made 108 tackles. Argentina made 200. We had carry metres. We had 702 carry metres. Argentina had 180. So, obviously, we won 39-0 um, last night. And the nil for me is what, what cements it. Like That's when you, you know that the, the, the All Blacks have had, a, had an unbelievable um, game when they were able to eat, keep a side like Argentina to nil, which, in fairness, they had no opportunities. The, off, the All Blacks suffocated. They, they held onto the ball. They put them under a ton of pressure. Both sides of the ball, they played extremely well. They carried hard. What I loved, mate, what I loved is is they, they they wound them down. They wound them down. So like I spoke about before with the boys playing those tip lines, Bodie Barrett, when he first started playing, he was attacking the line, attacking the line. So what does that do to the defence when they when you get a team that's really attacking the line? The outside defender will come in. So then the boys started figuring, okay, Bodie's attacking now. We're going to run off his shoulder. We're going to get close to him, and we're going we're to get those little short balls off him. So when Bodie was running short, he'd have like Guzzler, he'd have, um, a sophomore more, he'd have all the big boys just outside him, so he'd do those little tip passes. So he set them up really well, set them up really well. But when I read those stats, when I read those stats and I saw this, the, the one-sided statistics from that game, 22 visits to the 22, and I, I put myself in Ian Foster's shoes, would I be happy? Would I be happy with 22 visits taking away only five tries and a couple of penalties? Would I be happy? For me, in all honesty, I thought it probably should have been 60 nil. 60 nil. if I look at those wow. statistics okay. from that game. 100%. Six, 22 visits to the 22. They, they had about three or four tries turned down. Don't get me wrong, 39 nil is an absolute drubbing. But I, th- I know the All Blacks, and they want to be relentless. They want to be ruthless in everything they do. I know uh, Ian Foster would probably be, takeaways would be, they, sh- they probably should have put 60 or 70 on, on, the, on the Argentinian side last night. That's a high bar, 60-0. Izzy mm. Dag, you think that they should have won 60-0 against Argentina? Who? But look, Argentina's, they're pushing the Springboks in South Africa who have just beaten the Lions in a series and, and granted the Wallabies came out and we'll talk about Quade Cooper later on. They've knocked off the Springboks, but 60-0 against Argentina, that's um, that's tough work. Like, that's not, they, they don't just, they haven't just come to this tournament to be knocked out 60-0, have they? No way, no way. But that that's the thing. If you if you look into that game in depth and you see the opportunities that the All Blacks created and and the ruthlessness that I know that they're about and, and putting teams away and not giving them an inch and stamping a putting a stake in the ground, they would have seen the stats, they would have seen the game, they would have seen the opportunity. If I was reviewing this game for the All Blacks, I'd I'd look at the things that they did well, but then I'd also look at the missed opportunities that potentially you might only get half an opportunity against the Springboks in a couple of weeks. If you don't take those opportunities and you keep 
giving teams, uh, uh, you know, op- opportunities to get away and, and relieve that pressure, then you probably won't win these these important matches. So you look in, in depth into these games. Yes, it's a great win. You can look at the 39-0 winning, but then you can look a little bit deeper and you think, okay, there's 22 visits here. There's countless opportunities where we could have scored tries, we could have put points on the table. How do we rectify that? How do we make it better? And then, and then come two weeks' time when they're the biggest performance that they have to play is up against the Springboks. That's where we're going to test ourselves in a couple of weeks. Yes, they lost last night, but that's nothing. You know, like this couple of weeks, that's when we'll really know where we are as a team. And um, looking forward to that, mate. Let's continue this discussion, Izzy. That's really interesting. 60-0. Were the All Blacks ruthless enough? Double eight, double three. Were you happy with a shutout, 39-0? Or is 60-0 what you would expect if you look at the full picture and the stats from that game? Double eight, double three. The T... TMO is frustrating, but again, it's the laws letting the game down. That's Tony. TMO is ruining the viewing experience. Unnamed texter. Keep those coming in. Double eight, double three. We're going to keep this conversation going on, but we also are going to get to the UK because he came home and he delivered. Cristiano Ronaldo went to Old Trafford and he gave... Ronaldo! Is he dagged the United fans around the world what they wanted? Harry Simeo, live out of the UK after this. Keep your messages coming through. Double eight, double three. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It is 22 and a half minutes past seven o'clock. Lots of texts coming in on Izzy's thoughts on the rugby last night. The All Blacks uh, bowling a shutout, pitching a shutout. 39-0 over Argentina. We'll get to those before the end of this hour. But Izzy... He came home and he delivered. You must have talked talk to me when you woke up and or, or if you watched the game live. How did you? What was the feeling inside you when Cristiano Ronaldo did that? It's time, Louis. It's time. It's time, mate. I know how I was feeling. I want to know how the English are feeling. I want to know what's going on over there. Have they got Ronaldo fever? I want to know. It was a return LeBron would be proud of. Cristiano Ronaldo scoring a brace. On a second debut for Manchester United, as fans around the world watched in awe, Harry Simeo, and he'll be quite happy. Arsenal got up over the night, so they're off the they're off the bottom of the ladder. They got a win, but he joins us on the line. Good morning, Harry. How you doing, guys? Hope you're well. We're good, mate. We're good. We got to touch on it. I have to touch on uh, uh, Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo, mate. How was that performance in? Has he changed people's thoughts that age is nothing but a number? Yeah, I mean, it was it was typical Cristiano Ronaldo, wasn't it? He was never going to pass up the opportunity to really <laughs> uh, grasp the moment. And, and we call him, here in the UK, we call him a clutch player, which means a player who mm. gets all the clutch moments. He always pops up when it really matters. And to see him come back to Old Trafford and, and score a couple of goals, even as an Arsenal fan, you kind of... I'm not going to say I wanted to see it because that's a bit strong, but just <laughs> as a, the football romantic in me wanted to see him come back and, and make his mark, and he, he did brilliantly as well. Matt, this signing for Manchester United is, is a clever signing, not in the sense that you're getting a class player like Cristiano Ronaldo, but pretty much shirt sales have gone through the roof. So Manchester United pretty much made their money back already, haven't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think, on here. We said what a kind of massive move it was from a commercial standpoint as well. But it's the thing is with Cristiano Ronaldo is that even at 36 years old, you still get the best of both worlds. 
because you get all the commercial value that a player of his profile brings, but you also get uh, a top quality footballer. He's adapted his game now, plays a little bit more like a centre forward. Well, he is a centre forward now, whereas when he first played at Manchester United, he was more of a wide player. But, you know, it's it, the way he's kind of adapted over the years and changed his game to kind of cope with the age, I guess, is, is brilliant. So, uh, fair play to him. He's yeah. fantastic. And I'm sure that's the first couple of many in this Premier League season. Harry, you're our man, all things English football and football up in the UK. But I feel like watching from afar this story in Ronaldo's debut over the weekend, it really transcended. It was felt like it was really part of kind of culture and history. And obviously, Emma Raducanu kind of hit that same threshold in the UK. So what sort of a weekend has it been up there with all of this going on? Yeah, it's been it's been a really good weekend from a sporting perspective, for sure. Um, you know, the Premier League's kicked off again this season and it's it's been brilliant to have all the fans back in the stadiums. That makes a massive difference to the product as well. Watching the games in an empty stadium wasn't quite the same. But you're right, the Ronaldo story was huge. It was massive. It was, uh, you know, it took over. Everybody was kind of, I know I was at the Emirates Stadium watching Arsenal yesterday. But when Manchester United were playing at the same time, people around me were constantly checking their phones to see if Cristiano Ronaldo had scored. So it is something that everyone was keeping their eyes on and, and what a story it was. The, the frustrating thing here in the UK is that the game wasn't televised. We have a blackout oh. here on Saturdays at 3pm. So they don't show any live football uh, between 3 and 5pm in the UK on a Saturday, which is really frustrating because that was the game that everyone wanted to watch. Yeah, it's crazy. It's always been that way. Oh. <laughs> That is absolutely unbelievable, mate. Broadcasting shambles there. Mate, I want to ask you about, uh, before we get on to Arsenal, and I know your your beloved Arsenal got up over Norwich City, and I want to hear your thoughts on that, but before then, with with the Cristiano's, Ronaldo's uh, inclusion in the Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, I should say, team, they've got Paul Pogba, they've got Danny De Gea, they've got some absolute superstars. How has he been received within the Manchester environment? Are they all for it, or are they a bit like, mate, what about me? Yeah, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is that good that, you know, every kind of professional hopes to someday play alongside someone like that. You know, it's one of those things you want to Mm. tell your grandkids, isn't it? I played with one of the greatest ever. (laughs) The thing with Cristiano Ronaldo in, in the years gone by is that at times, You've seen teams maybe sometimes gear their play too much towards him in the sense that they, mm. you know, their other top players sometimes get left by the wayside a little bit. But when he scored yesterday, you could see all the top players, everybody involved with Manchester United sprinted over to him in celebration. So there was definitely kind of like a, a real unity to the United team there. It'll be interesting to see how he goes through the season, though, because... He is 36 mm. years of age, which isn't old, but in football terms, you know, it's, he's coming towards, you know, the the last phase of his career, you would say. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much he's involved this season and and whether that kind of has an effect on, on other players around him who maybe will be limited to game time as a result of that. Nice, nice. Well, we have to talk about it, mate. Arsenal getting one up over Norwich City. Have they turned a leaf? Have they turned a corner, mate? Well, it's a bit early to say, to be honest, because the start <laughs> of the season has been so bad that, you know, it, we, the thing is, a lot of Arsenal fans came away from that game yesterday relieved that we obviously got the three yeah. points and scored a goal and, and come off the bottom of the table. It was really interesting and, and it was a game that we were quite excited for because we saw pretty much a completely different Arsenal team 
Uh, Mikel Arteta finally having some of his new signings available and, and the, the team that he wants to pick week in, week out. It wasn't the greatest Arsenal display, I've got to say, but I think given the way we started this season, there was a lot of pressure on it. It was just about getting over the line. But hopefully they can pick up another three points this coming weekend against Burnley. And then after that, it's the small matter of the North London derby between Arsenal and Spurs. So plenty of action to come. <laughs> and talking about yeah. Spurs, Harry, I've got to let you get back to your life. We have to get off to the news with Trudy. But Baz McCullum's up at the in the IPL making his... Well, as Rupee, and um, look, he's not here, but this is what he said last time you were on the show, and I just thought, well, he's not here, let's just pull the bus out. I'll cut him some slack, you know, you got, yeah. I mean, we probably asked him 10 questions there, nine of them he's going to get right, and one of them he's going to cock up, and he just happened to cock up the one that, that really matters, which is the Spurs are going to be standing there at the end of the year with the trophy aloft, and I'm going to be saying thanks for your time, Harry. <laughs> Oh, I didn't quite, didn't quite go that way this weekend. So you get right a reply here, Harry. That this you can you can revel in this, mate. It, you know what? What astounds me about Tottenham supporters is they've watched failure year after year after year, but they never learn. They never learn. They never learn. You know, it was it was great to see them get absolutely hammered yesterday, and by an Arsenal legend in Patrick Vieira, as well, the new Crystal Palace manager. <laughs> It was great fun, and I promise you they'll end up trophyless once again. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing, Harry. Thanks so much for your time, mate. We'll catch up again. Oh, I love it. Cheers, guys. No worries. Harry Sivio, our man, out of the UK, talking all things football on Ronaldo's return. Izzy, we're going to get to more All Blacks and the feedback you've received after your All Blacks chat and the Choices Flooring Poll soon, but it's time for Trudy with the News for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand at half past seven. Thank you, Trudy. 27 minutes away from eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 13th of September. What a sporting weekend it was, compounded with a 39-zip shutout by the All Blacks last night against the Pumas. Novak Djokovic, while he starts his quest, or finishes his quest for history at 8am, Brett Phillips coming up soon. He's attempting to go for the Grand Slam. Yesterday it was Emma Raducanu making history in the tennis world. There's so much more to get through as well, including Jason Ryan who's going to give us his take on the All Blacks performance last week. But Izzy, it's time for our Weekend Choices poll. Check out Choices Flooring's Room View program and it's nice and simple today. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. Go have a look at our poll. Double eight, double three. let me know your thoughts on the poll. It's performance of the weekend time and there was so many to choose from, but this is the four I've settled with. So I want you to have your choices. You go first. Quade Cooper, getting it done in Redemption Island. CR7, the brace upon return. On Trivier, kicking the Australians in at Kembla Grange for the Kiwis. Or Radakanu, the teenager that rewrites history. Performance of the <laughs> weekend. It's a tough one. Look, I love what Emma's done over there. I don't know about her, but love the story. You know, love what she's about. Unbelievable. What does this do for her performance? But I can't go past my, my mate Quady oh. over in Australia. Got to give it to Quay Cooper. Just, just mate, like he's he hasn't played in that team since 2017. To be able to come back and he's changed his life. You know, you saw him after he kicked that goal. He was no showboating. There was no celebrating. He was just doing what was needed and you saw what it meant to 
the Wallabies players, mate, they were in awe. You know, uh, Taniela Tupo sitting on the ground looking in the sky into the heavens, mate. Just seeing what it meant for these players. So I have to go Quake Cooper coming in, putting on an absolute clinic. There's been so much hype about him all week. So much external pressure, people talking about him, talking about age, is he good enough, should he be there? Questions being asked, and for him to come in and deliver eight from eight kicks and win the kick, kick a winning goal, mate, that's what dreams are made of. So for me, i got got to give it to my mate, Quay Cooper. Quay Cooper for the win. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's gone. Quay Cooper is... Oh, yeah, what a call. He is the man. So there you go. Choices flooring poll. Go to Baz and Z for breakfast on Twitter. We're asking performance of the week. Have your choice. Quade Cooper, Cristiano Ronaldo, on Trivier, Radicanu. And on double eight, double three, there's a text here. Uh, is he about your take on Damian McKenzie? Yep, yep. Is I can't agree with D-Mac's passing game. I thought he was clunky, mate. Passes on three occasions, at least thrown behind the man in the last 30 minutes. It concerns me greatly if he is in the 10 jersey. I'm glad he's off to Japan. Too much of an individual in a team sport. He lacks maturity, mate. Wow. And he's left no name, and we've tried to give him a call, but apparently he's got to go into a meeting. So he doesn't want to back it up. So he doesn't want to come on and have a wee chat. But, mate, that's fascinating. That's a each their own. And um, I I just saw dif- I saw differently. I, saw, I thought he was quite classy when he came on, and... His passing game was great. Um, obviously, a lot to learn in the 10 jersey, but without Bowden, he's probably our man that could lead us in that jersey for the next couple of weeks. Yes, he's going to Japan, but that's just the way of this day and age. He's going to stock up the bank account. But, yeah. um, mate, that's a great text message. If you want to give us a call, you want to chat anything, I'm happy to. I'm open to have open conversations. We are growing men. We'll talk about it. We'll have chat. So give us a call on 0800 150 811 or give us a text on 8833. Anything concerning... From that All Blacks match. And, uh, yeah, we've got a great question. This is what it's been thrown out as well. We've got a text message. Will they give him citizenship now? That's talking about <laughs> Quay Cooper. And reading Twitter last night, there was so many tweets saying, give him citizenship Please. right now. I totally agree. Scott Morrison, sort it out, mate. <laughs> Hutchie, sort it out, mate. You love Quaid Hutchie. Sort it out. 23 minutes away from eight. We're talking tennis history. Been made, might be more made after this with Brett Phillips, our resident tennis expert. On ECNZ. 18 minutes away from 8am here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Chase is on the text line. My bunny's got the job done. Now bring me on the storm. Wow, you're a brave you're a brave NRL fan if you want the storm. They were emphatic over the weekend, just like a certain teenager over at a famous American tennis tournament. Izzy, Emma Raducanu, what a story. What a champion, mate. I'm looking forward to this a little insights from our good mate, Brett Phillips. It's not the easiest thing to get your head around. A British teenager qualifying, coming from absolutely nowhere to win the US Open, breaking so many records and rewriting history in so many ways. It's impossible to list them all. Brett Phillips is the host of the First Serve, our resident tennis guru at SEN and SENZ, and he's up bright and early because the men's final gets underway in about 20-odd minutes. Morning, Brett. How are you? Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, great to chat. Uh, look, before we get into Djokovic and, and, and Medvedev, we've seen uh, some great Australian success uh, this morning. I just watched Dylan Alcott. I'm sure you're familiar with the name 
Dylan Alcott, uh, what a star in uh, wheelchair tennis, who's just won the uh, the Golden Slam. Uh, of course, all four majors, awesome. Golden Tokyo this year. So he's a bit of a legend in these part of the world, this part of the world. And uh, Samantha Stoza, who won the U.S. Open, um, of course, yeah. in singles, beating Serena. She won the doubles as a 21-year-old at 21, and now she's won as a 37 years of age. So wow. I'm up and about this morning. I didn't need a cup of coffee and a couple of jelly beans. These two uh, <laughs> got me up and about, and we've got uh, the main course to come. Mate, beautiful. Tennis is well and live and kicking, mate. Unbelievable form. We've got to talk about yesterday's performance. Yesterday morning, I was uh, bunked up on the couch with my foot up, resting away, watching Emma Raducanu take on Layla Fernandez and Emma Raducanu getting up. Can you put into perspective what this achievement for Emma has you know done for her life and, and what what kind of win would this do for her future going forward yeah it's it, it simply I mean I, I still shake my head uh, you know mm. 24 hours on it's uh, it's astonishing uh, I mean women's tennis is open there's no doubt I mean since Serena Williams won the Australian Open in 2017 we know she's had a number of attempts to try and equal Margaret Court's uh, record and hasn't quite got there but in that time we've seen so many new winners we've seen so many new finalists and semi-finalists and mm. quarter-finalists names you couldn't even even forecast in your, in your predictions before uh, the start of the tournament and at the lowest end of the pile there is Emma Raducanu I mean she certainly um, <laughs> came into our vision at Wimbledon uh, this year because she's got a wild yeah. card uh, had this darling run through, through to the fourth ranks. They'd lost Murray, so the British crowd had this, their hopes on a young 18-year-old who was 338 in the world. I mean, that's, that, that's only <laughs> three months ago. And uh, yeah. then, of course, she had some good form uh, leading into the US Open on the tour. Had to go through three tough qualifying matches, so her ranking was 150 coming into qualifying. Wins those three, wins seven matches, didn't drop a set. And her level, it, it looks like she's been playing on the tour, you know, for a good decade. I mean, it just and, and mm. as as impressive off the court as well, and the way she speaks and articulates, and yeah, she's always been regarded as a girl in the British tennis system that actually had a bit of talent. So the LTA over there, the governing body, certainly has thrown some dollars her way. Uh, she was studying, uh, finishing off her sort of year twelve uh, last year. Didn't play through uh, the COVID period. Her team pleaded for a wild card for Wimbledon based on her potential, and she hasn't looked back since. And, and who knows? But she'll have a target on her back now. But she's mm. gone to 23 in the world from 338 in two and a half months. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a rankings jump boys uh, like it. And we'll wait and see whether she can maintain it. There'll be some ups and downs certainly from here. Tennis is a pretty brutal sport on the road, but yeah, she certainly uh, certainly can play the game. Wow, Brett, when you paint the picture like that, and I get, we get carried away with it's the greatest of all time, it's the most incredible thing we've ever seen, but literally, have you ever seen anything like this in your time in tennis? Not, not, in, not in my time covering tennis. I mean, we, we had to go back, I mean, prior to that final yesterday, you had to go back to when uh, Serena Williams played Martina Hingis when Serena won her first major in 1999. That was the last battle of... Uh, two teenagers, but they, I mean, Hingis was already winning Grand Slams, as we know, uh, 16, 17, and, and Serena obviously was making a big impression at a young age, but yeah, for this girl, I mean, I, I sort of was, was thinking yesterday, I was looking down the rankings of our Australian girls, thinking, God, these, you know, they're struggling away on the ITF tour, they're playing in far-flung places around the world where there's no one watching, and you couldn't imagine any of them being a Grand Slam champion, so that, that's just it's mind-boggling. But the women, the, the depth in women's tennis, the, the 
depth is certainly there, which is why I get asked all the time, well, we've got a world number one here, Ash Barty. Why isn't she just winning major after major? Well, the simple uh, answer to that is um, <laughs> the quality is there that want to knock her off. You don't have it on your terms all the time. She's certainly the most consistent player at Barty on the tour, but she's not going to have it her way winning slam after slam because the competition is so hot. Yeah, no, it's a really good way to put it. The depth is incredible. So then on the men's side, Brett, it's quite different. I mean, the depth has been growing, but for so long we've talked about the next generation or the changing of the guard. But yet we have a guy here, Novak Djokovic, who today is going for his Grand Slam. And I mean, it's kind of, it's like a history warping time in tennis. How do you put into perspective what today means for his legacy and actually the legacy of this era? Yeah, it's a huge occasion, no doubt. Uh, look, you, you can't help but admire uh, the, the Djokovic as, as a tennis player and as an athlete. Now, whether you, whether you like or dislike him as a person, and he does polarise around the world, uh, you've simply got to acknowledge his tennis achievements and, and, and the athlete that he's become. He's taken preparation, diet, uh, just all mm. the one percenters to a whole new level against his contemporaries and his closest rivals, Federer, and Nadal over the last 15 years. So he started behind, he's going to overtake them. He might overtake them by a fair margin because he's the youngest and he's still probably got another two years maybe at his absolute peak. So if he wins today, um, I mean, everyone thinks it's a pretty simple argument that he is the greatest of all time. I think it's still very subjective and I don't base it purely on statistics. So everyone will have a different Mm. view on this. I mean, for me, I think Federer... Um, has left the biggest legacy uh, out of those three on the sport. But that, that's something you could debate for hour upon hour. But Djokovic, look, uh, the resilience, the mental resilience. I mean, the first time, boys, he came to the Australian Open, back as a young boy, we're going back to 2006, seven hot Melbourne days when it got over the 40s. He was as flaky as anything. You, 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 couldn't, you couldn't imagine 15, uh, 16 years down the track that he'd be this tough, resilient... Um, you know, go, go to the go to the go to the wire sort of guy who mm. just never relents, and that's what he's become. So mm. he should get it done today. He beat Medvedev very comfortably in the Australian Open final back in February, so that'll certainly be in the back of the mind of Daniil to put up a much better performance. But you know, how do you how do you tip against Novak considering what he's done this year? So, so we we're saying you're saying Medvedev has no chance of spoiling the party. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm, <laughs> no, I think if, if, if Zverev can take him to five in a semi, Medvedev, if he plays at his best, could certainly stretch Djokovic to the same sort of distance, potentially. I mean, but this is this is where Novak goes up a total new level. So we've seen him drop some sets early and maybe not dial in early into the match. But if I think back to the Australian Open this year, it, the game was over uh, halfway through mm. the first set. He's beat even Nadal in an Australian Open final a couple of years ago. We thought this was going to be a classic. It was over in an hour and a half. So Novak gets to this point, and he just paces his way through a slam so well. So he can look a little scratchy in the first week, but each match he gets better and better and better. Come the big dance, uh, he just <laughs> he makes you look silly if you're if you're not not up for the fight. So Medvedev's got to be up for the fight today. But you know, I'm not going past. Uh, I'm not going. Not game enough to go past Djokovic. No one's game enough to go past Novak, absolute champion, the Joker. Hey, just before I let you go, I just want to go back to Emma. Um, just one little insight I had. 
this win, this win, it, it's catapulted her into the limelight. She is a famous name now. She's grown in stature. She is a public figure. And I just look back to a girl like Emma, uh, Eugenie Bouchard. When she came onto the scene, she blasted on the scene. She's fell away into oblivion at the moment. She's nowhere to be seen. What are we hoping to see from Emma? And do you see her going on and bettering her career from this performance on the weekend? Yeah, I do. And I think the most the most crucial part of tennis is the team around you. And those who have got great mm. people around them, you know, and, and the demands off court will be there for a manager now to deal with. Okay, Emma, we want you to be the face of this and the face of that and the endorsement deal. Yeah. Things will be coming her way. But I think Chris Everett summed it up beautifully yesterday, the 18-time champion, that she hopes that Emma's still allowed that, still allowed to be a teenager. You know, the, yes, mm. the attention's going to come, but just enjoy just being out there doing what you love. Same for Layla Fernandez. I mean, these two are very marketable. Uh, they're going to be very much the face of the game for the next 10 to 15 years. But, yeah, look, I think the team will be really, really important. I, I can't see her dropping off if you read sort of the backstory of Emma Raducanu. Mm. And, yeah, I think arguably the best smile I've seen in tennis in uh, in 20 years. She's probably still smiling, uh, smiling today. <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> true, Brett. Hey, thanks so much, man. We appreciate all your work across SCN yes, and SCNZ. Enjoy this final and what is an incredible time for tennis. Can I just say, boys, very quickly, so we'll have the first serve, which you can listen to on the SCN, uh, SCNZ app uh, tonight. Uh, so I think it comes in around about 10 o'clock on a, on a Monday night. Uh, Sam Groff, the man with the fastest serve ever recorded in the game, is with me. We'll do a full recap of the US Open. You can listen to that uh, live on the app anywhere across uh, New Zealand tonight. Outstanding, Brett. That was awesome. Brett Phillips. Thanks, Thanks to Yonix. Brett. 75% of product crafted in Japan. Check out their full range at yonix.com. We're talking age, and I want Izzy to tease what he's got coming up later because Emma might only be a teenager. Quaid might be an old man, but they're still achieving at the top of their sport. It is six minutes away from eight. I'm Baz Nizzy for breakfast. 0800-150-811 is our Kennard's Hire phone line. Get in touch any stage. We've still got another hour to go. And Izzy, this morning, you've been you've been pondering about age, haven't you? I have, I have, mate. It's a fascinating. Like, just seeing all these athletes around the world, you know, starts with an 18-year-old, Emma Raducanu, Leila Fernandez, what they've been able to achieve, achieve at such a young age. And then you look at a guy, Cristiano Ronaldo, Quade Cooper, and then I think of the older guys that I've played with, the absolute superstars. And I want to just talk about it. Like, age is, is only a number. It's not a barrier. It is not a barrier. If you put your mind and your body and you put your mind to something, like I've been able to watch some of the greatest players that's ever played the game and why they are so successful and what makes them tick. There is no fluke why they are so good at what they do. So I'll be able to, to share my insights that age is just a number. It ain't a barrier. Stay with me. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is just after 8am on Monday the 13th of September. Well, we've had a great show so far. Great show so far, I must say. Uh, we talked to Brett Phillips, Channel All Things, Emma Rodakanu and Leila Fernandez and their unbelievable achievements yesterday in the US Open tennis. We've talked All Blacks and that clinical performance, the takeouts, my takeouts from it. What I saw, clinical performances from Bowden Barrett, Nepal, La La La, Rico Yuani. Where does this leave this for selections? Anton Leonard-Brown coming back into the squad. What will happen to the back three? Rico, Severus, Will Jordan, Damian McKenzie, 
Geordie Barrett. So, so many options. And, uh, well, coming up just after eight, actually, we're going to talk to my good friend, Jace Ryan. He's a current Crusaders assistant forward coach and also Fiji international coach for the Crusaders and Fiji. So it'd be great to get his insights on what he saw last night from the clinical performance that was the All Blacks v Argentina. And then later on the show, I'm just going to touch on a wee little thing called age. And age is no <laughs> barrier within sport. And uh, hearing Bodie's post-match interview saying that age might have been a problem, mate. Age is no problem why you pulled your calf, mate. You're just a little bit tight. Maybe stretch a little bit more. There we go. So we'll be talking about that a bit later in the show. So we've got a little good last hour coming ahead of us, Louis. Oh, you're not, so you're not talking about his pockets. He's not He's not a tight ass. He's just he's a bit tight. Needs to stretch more, Bodie. Oh, he's tight. <laughs> Cop <laughs> that. Hey, um, uh, there was a word Trudy used in her news talking about the All Blacks, and I'm very curious to, to find out and hear from Jason Ryan about the discipline that he saw from Argentina. So that was with the news was with Trudy and Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. But the, uh, the discipline of Argentina kind of. When you when you suffer that much, where you don't have any possession, like you're bound to give away a lot of penalties. But I actually thought they were at times lucky to not get more or have more infringements. Um, so I'll be interested to see what Jace thinks about that, and especially around the ruck and the tight forwards, because that's where he does his most of his work, isn't it, Izzy? Yes, and I'd love to hear his insights into Sam Whitelock and why he has made the decision not to head over. He knows a ton of what goes on in that front row and that tight five, what's needed to get up to scratch to be able to play the spring box. So, and like you said, mate, the, the Argentinian side, and absolutely, actually, Pablo Matera has actually signed for the Crusaders. So maybe uh, Jace Ryan will be having a quiet word to Pablo because he was pushing the boundaries yesterday. <laughs> and, wow. Crusaders need don't need any excuses for refs to keep pinging them. So I'm pretty sure he'll be having a quiet word to, to Pablo Matera, who totally agree, mate. They gave away... 10, I think 10 penalties in that second half or towards the end of that second half. So, yeah, discipline was an absolute factor in that match. But um, it'll be also great to just chat to him about what he's been up to and a little insight. So we've got him on the line, mate. We've got him on the line. It's great to have with us for our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up, someone that knows a ton about what goes on in that front row. And, well, there's been questions thrown at us on the show about Carl Tui Nukuafi. And first five, that's the unbelievable skill sets that our type five display in this day and age in this game. And one of the contributing factors would have to be this man, Jason Ryan. He has joined us this morning. Good morning, Jace. Morning, lads. How are we? Good, mate. Good, mate. How are you? You good? Yeah, all good, mate. Got through the weekend. Got through the weekend. No, it's uh, just a bit of downtime on the old footy side of it at the moment. But um, no, everything's good, mate. Nice, nice. Well, I know you're having a bit of downtime. You would have watched that match yesterday. 39 points to zip. What was your takeouts from it, bud? Yeah, I thought um, thought Argentina was a little bit disappointing at times. I thought their defence was was outstanding, wasn't it, early in the game, um, mainly for the All Blacks, sort of not a lot of footwork into contact, pretty easy to tackle, one-on-one tackles, and probably could have challenged a little bit of kick space in behind the Argentinian defence line early on, but... Um, Overall, I'd say the All Blacks will be uh, pretty happy with that um, performance. There'll be a couple of things to tidy up with their line-out. Um, but, yeah, they'll be, they'll be happy to, to get a win over there. Hey, 
looked like Argentina were a bit shell-shocked from the get-go. Nipa La 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 spoke about it early, putting an absolute shot on Pablo Matera. Do you reckon that rocked them from the from the get-go? Yes, he's definitely, but uh, certainly a bit of a scene setter early on, wasn't it? Big Nate's got a real good shoulder <laughs> on. I'm glad it wasn't any higher. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he uh, yeah, he did well, Nate. So I think just on Nate, I think he's just sort of starting to travel around the field a bit quicker. He sort of looked a bit heavy there a while ago, and I think he's a bit more he's a bit more lateral around the park and um, he's getting his hands on the ball a little bit more and sort of involving his game a little bit more than just the scrum, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, the physicality side of it from both teams, um, and when you look at just that and the exchanges of the maul and the, you know, the scrum sort of went back and forth, tip for tat a wee bit. Allbacks probably got the upper hand a little bit towards the end when moods come on. And, but other than that, I thought, um, yeah, the, the physical battle was was good to watch. They play with a lot of passion, don't they, Dagger? Like the, the yeah. Argentinians, the Latin blood, they they just love it. The national anthem, they're crying, and it's like, four. You always know that first 20 or 30 is going to be right on. Mm. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about uh, last couple of days, just the passion that, that Argentina bring. Uh, you give them an inch, they take a mile, you know, and I just thought that scene set from Nipo Lalala on their leader, who I know who will be coming to the Crusaders, Pablo Martira, what that would have done for the All Blacks and uh, and, and just getting them getting them going. I totally agree. I thought Nipo Lalala was outstanding. I think his mobility around the field, you're right, his ball playing ability around the park has, has come up a notch as well. But talk to us about the tight five. Have you been you've been pretty happy with how they're tracking at the moment? I thought they took it to another level yesterday, especially around their pods, you know, especially those inside tips, those outside tips, the ball work out the back to the pivots. You've been pretty happy with how the tight five have been tracking the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I think that they can be pretty happy um, in most areas of their game. I, I think you can definitely see them just starting to want to maul a little bit more um, and, and they've got pretty good height I think um, Plum's obviously done a lot of work there with that that side of it and that'll be building towards South Africa I'd say because that's where the you know, with, with no due, due respect I think all due respect I think that's the test um, that's where we'll yeah. see where the All Blacks are I believe um, and that's what they'll be building towards but what I've been really impressed with if you you know, you're going to single out someone. I just think Brody Retallick has been unbelievable in the last couple of tests. Mm-hmm. I I love him for any young lock that's aspiring to be the best rugby player they can. Watch Brody when he hasn't got the ball. His work around the park to get set is about 71 minute mark. There was a defensive line out. Um, they were defending the Argentinian line out, and he came around the corner three or four times to get set in D and then put a double shoulder on with Brody on one of their props. I was like, that is just, that's the stuff that you want to see from All Blacks, isn't it? And I think his work rate off the ball is just unbelievable. He's really starting to come into his own. It was good to see Scooter, you know, get some good touches last night, and, you know, he was good. He was good into contact and um, starting to get probably confidence up, started a couple of games now, and he'll be feeling it too. So I think the locks have been pretty impressive, mate, to be honest. Jason, it's Louis here. I absolutely love that while people are watching you know, Rico Ioani and, and Bowden Barrett's flick pass, you're just watching line speed in the 71st minute and what Brody Retallick's work ethic. I just think that's brilliant. How do you how do you coach that or you say, you know, I want any young lock to watch that? How do you explain that that is what makes a difference in test match at test match level? Yeah, so for us, we, we have a little um, KPI that we're pretty proud on where we, we stat 
something where we have a look at what doesn't the crowd see, and it's pretty much exactly what I've just explained there. You know, the, the your usual rugby passionate fan that loves to see tries, and we all want to see tries. We'll stat and we'll say, righto, boys, what's something the crowd didn't see today? And we'll we'll talk about that and really grow that because that, that's the you know everyone can see Sevo and Rico and all the boys scoring tries at Chaho and yeah yeah Dagger you know he used to do the same. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did it a couple of times in the two tries he scored, but um, <laughs> yeah we want to we want to see we want to see that you know that real hard stuff off the ball and that's what they're going to need in, in the South African test mm. coming up as I say you know that. And the end of the year in Europe and all that, where it's not going to be, conditions will be different. And um, so I think they're building. I think they can be pretty happy with where they're at. I think. Mate, I totally agree. I had a wee conversation about Bodie. Obviously, Bodie's a flashy player, but the other day I said, just watch him closely. Like everyone looks for those big runs, those those big kicks, or those those things that he does. But just the little things that his his ability to get in position put himself into situations, scenarios where he's going to make a difference. And that's what big game players do. You like Brody Retallick, the experience, to know where to be, where his teammates want him to be. And it, like you said, to come up, put double shoulders, mate. Unbelievable performance from Brody Retallick. But for the All Blacks last night, they, they obviously won 39-0. I read some stats out before the show saying that they had 22 visits into the 22. They had, I think it was 10 and a half minutes Inside the opposition 22, they only made 100 tackles. Argentina made 200 tackles to win 39-0. Could it have been a lot worse for Argentina if the All Blacks were a little bit more ruthless and clinical there? Oh, I think the All Blacks would be pretty disappointed in their finishing. 100%. There was a lot of passes um, that were pushed or, or weren't caught. Um, and literally, you know, off their strikes, you know, a couple of times... They've been running out a wee bit. There's a bit of stuff where they yeah. come out of play or they run out of space. That's been quite a common theme, and I think that's that's something that's going to really need some work, um, staying a little bit squarer, and and that's all to do with that finishing. You know, usually if you if you've got your outside backs, I think it was Luke Jacobson last night going out. It means he's run mm. out of room before he's actually caught the pass. You know, so I think he's, yeah. um, but they need to be a bit squarer, definitely. But um, yeah. No, I think they uh, they will be ha- they will be happy with a lot of things, Izzy. But you know that that finishing side of it, that's where All Blacks just you know that's another thirty points potentially. It's like, well, hang on, it could have been seventy. Mm. <laughs> and, the, and, and the and the Argentinians, to be fair, they didn't really look like they were going to score, did they? Nah, nah, they they looked like they were just shell shocked. They had absolutely nothing up their sleeve. There's a lot of players on there. I have absolutely no idea who they were. One of the wingers come on. So look, I think they've. They're just lacking a little bit of experience. Um, but like you said, if you give Argentina a sniff and they get a bit of excitement, they are tough to beat. And like you said, one of the great coaches, Wayne Smith, if you ran out, mate, if you ran out, you weren't playing the next week. It is an absolute coach killer. It is an easy way out. Is it a cop-out? It's a cop-out to run out. So totally agree. Um, the boys need to stay the softest turnover in the game. Softest mm. turnover in the game when someone runs out. <laughs> oh, I reckon. That's right. That's right, mate. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Sam Whitlock. Sam Whitlock's heading over. Uh, oh, he's not heading over. Can you tell us the well, what's needed? Obviously, he's, he only had a couple of days to prepare for a South African match, so hindsight, it's probably the right decision. But talk to us about Sammy Whitlock and, and, and that decision to not head over the right decision. Yeah, well, I don't think he can get that in my Q spot at the end. I think that's what it's sort of come down to. 
let's get in a spot in there. So, look, they'll. There's a little, there's a little part of me that thinks that this the All Black team at the moment. I'm not sure they've really been tested. Like when it's been really, when the crowd, when you've really felt the pressure and think, God, they're really under the pump for a long time. There's been parts of the game when you look right back from, um, you know, Fiji and the rugby championships starting with there's bits of that game that have been put under pressure, but their whole game for 80 minutes, no one's actually really got close to them. And I think with Sam not being there for that South African test um, and the pressure that'll come with that, I think that's when they'll miss them the most. But what these boys are doing at the moment is they're actually growing their leadership within the group without him because they'll actually lead in a different way. Um, but I know Sam, you know, he said he's still still staying in touch with the leadership group and he'll be still chipping away and sign um, behind the scenes there. Not that he really likes behind the scenes. He likes to be right out the front. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll uh, yeah. he'll be looking forward to you know catching up with him in the India tour, obviously, or the, and over in Europe. Hey, Jace, the the kind of the level four restrictions in the lockdown that we've had has kind of pushed all footy back a, a wee bit. So I think um, MPC resumes and or rugby resumes this weekend on Friday. Um, it can squeeze up the Super Rugby timetable or the preseason a little bit. So when do you? How much communication are you getting from NZR about when you expect to see you guys back in camp? And does that alter any plans for Razor and the crew, or you just kind of play it as it as it happens? Yeah, well, I think it's a mixture of um, two things, Louis. I think um, you know you've got to you've got to be able to adapt in this world, don't you? Pretty quickly because it's just changing all the time. But um, yeah, and we'll be ready for what whatever we are. We pride ourselves on having a real, you know, great preseason. But New Zealand rugby has been great, and obviously working with um, Sanzar and that sort of thing around what it's going to look like. But it's looking like our our assembly date is um, highly likely it's going to be around that sixth of January now, which is after Christmas, which is something um, new for us. So um, yeah, it, it is what it is. It'll just be a, be a shorter preseason, but. Just got to get on with it, don't you? It's not. It's never going to be perfect at the moment, but as long as we can get some footy on, and I think that's the great thing about um, the NPC starting up again this week. You know, I know New Zealand rugby and all the provincial unions that have tried so hard to get some footy, and I know it's not great for the Auckland boys. It's bloody real shame for those, you know, those teams and managers and coaches and all their supporters up there that are going to miss out a little bit. So. But the fact that they've been um, flexible in their thinking and trying to get um, some comps together and push it out, I think it's great. We've got to have it. So um, they've done well. Well, we're talking to the champion. That is Jace Ryan. Here's the Crusaders' assistance coach. We're going to, get, we're going to, we're going to put, uh, hang up on him uh, just shortly and uh, move, move to our next part of the show. But before we do, Jace, looking forward to the Crusaders' season. We love a bit of adversity. We just move on and get, get, this, get our work done. Uh, looking forward to the season. What, what, you know, we've got any new signings uh, uh, for the Crusaders, and how are you looking? How's the season shaping up going forward? Yeah, we have got a couple of new signings actually, but unfortunately, I can't tell you who they are just yet. Oh, <laughs> Jace, get over here! Come on, Jace, come Let on, it we're all friends. <laughs> you know, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Get in the gravy. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, look, we've got. Um, Obviously, Pablo's coming over, and um, he's, he's yeah. you know he's going to create a bit of hype, isn't he? He's going to add so much experience for uh, what's what's a reasonably young blue forward trio. So 
Yeah, we're, we're pretty pretty excited by that. Um, and there's a couple of boys, or one boy in particular, that's going pretty well for Canterbury that um, might come online that you might hear about in the next wee while. But, you know, it'd be disrespectful for me to sort of mention that at the moment. <laughs> but we are looking forward to uh, some good young blood coming through and we believe we've got a good mix um, with experience as well. Um, and, and looking forward to the comp, you know, it's going to be great with obviously the Drewer and um, Wana Pacifica involved. It's something a bit different. I think it needs it. The competition's got to always evolve, doesn't it? I think the, it's no different to the game and players need to evolve their game. You've got to get the competition. So the fans have got a thirst to watch it. So um, I think that's going to be good. And yeah, we're going through some planning now around what our pre-season will look like, what the time frame will be so that come round one you got no excuses and you just you know you just get stuck in and look forward to it well mate i look forward to giving you a ring in about 40 minutes to get that little insider goss and i promise you i won't share it on the baz and izzy for breakfast but mate really appreciate you joining us jace you're an absolute champion uh thanks for being a part of the show and sharing your insights to what went on last night in that all blacks test against argentina look forward to catching up soon and good luck for the Crusaders season next year mate appreciate it no worries, boys. Have a great day. Thanks. See you, Jason. There you go, Izzy. Do you know, yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> we didn't get the gravy, but he did say there's a, a Canterbury lad that's playing really well. So double eight, double three. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? Let's use our what, the power of our wonderful listeners. You well, out there. Well, knowing Jace, it won't be anyone with a, a double digit on their back, I tell you. It'll be someone <laughs> in the one to six <laughs> position, and he'll be... I'll say he'll be a big prop. He'll be a prop, mate. He'll be a prop. He ain't he ain't picking backs, tell you that. Outstanding. He is he's a great man, Jason Ryan. And I wanna pick your brain a bit later, is he, about what he means where it's the KPIs, the stuff that the crowd doesn't see and what that is about for the Crusaders and, and that Brody Retallic effect. It's twenty two minutes past eight o'clock here, Baz Izzy for breakfast. Paul Mawate from the TAB and you on double eight double three coming up after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Twenty-seven minutes away from nine AM, Izzy, and it is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Brendan McCallum, Baz, off in the IPL. We'll be following along closely with the Kolkata Knight Riders as they embark to try get off second bottom off the table. Baz said that he've got they've got plenty of horse left. It was great to catch up with Baz on Friday morning. You can go and hear the podcast at SENZ on our app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's time to update and announce our Choices Flooring Weekend Poll, Choices Flooring Poll result. I'm very excited to do this because it's a good poll today. Sometimes I wonder, you know, am I, am I having to kind of reach for an option, is he? But today, the performance of the weekend. You nailed it. Quade Cooper, Ronaldo, Ontrivia, Raducanu, they are good options, aren't they? They are great options, mate. And where did Ontrivia come? We're right up there with how to... You know how you've spoken about it today. Uh, choices Flooring Room View makes Choices Flooring easy. Visit choicesflooring.com.au to find out more. We've also visited the Bears at Izzy for Breakfast Twitter account and not voted for Entrevue. Um, so <laughs> she's, she's dead last. <laughs> dead last, okay. 5%. Okay. Um, Quade Cooper polling second, 27.8%. Cristiano Ronaldo, second off the bottom of the table, much like the Kolkata Nye Riders. And... Yeah. Uh, Emma Raducanu in hands and heels Ooh. in a canter. 56% yeah. of the vote. And it's probably understandable why, isn't it? Is. 
not surprising, not surprising, mate. We've spoke about it throughout the show. What an unbelievable achievement for such a young age. Um, look, I, yeah, I, to- I don't disagree with that at all. She, what she's achieved overnight is unbelievable. And what this does for her career going forward, you know, she's just set a standard. She's gone from 300 in the world to 23rd in the world in the rankings. Everyone knows her now, so she's not going to fly under the radar, but Totally agree. What what an achievement and great poll, Louis. You've really nailed that one. There were some great options there. Quade Cooper, our good mate over in Australia. Eight from eight, making a comeback. So, mate, great, great choices, poll. Good work, mate. Excellent. Thank you, Izzy. And um, look, Jason Ryan, he, he was on the show earlier and he, he mentioned something that really piqued my interest, which is doing things that the crowd doesn't see and why Brodie Retallick was so good. Is that a bit of a Crusaders culture? Um, is that something that you're familiar with? Have you heard that before? Yeah, for sure, mate. That, that's that's the hard things that, that not a lot of people think uh, look for. And, and one of the what what really hit home to me about that is one of the things we used to uh, you know uh, judge our performance on was a thing called um, a log. So lying on the ground and a thing called big back in the game. So you you watch like he was speaking about Bo Brody would make a tackle, he'd get up back up on his feet. Get back in the line and make another tackle back in the game. So we used to have these KPIs, which is key performance indicators, within the game. And a big one was back in the game or were you a log? So a log is like everyone can get back on their feet. A log is actually jumping to your feet, getting not you know how people if you if you're lying on the ground, people would use both hands, yeah, get yeah. up slowly, and they'd get back in the game, and then they'd put their hands on their knees, and then they'd stand up tall and get ready. Well, that's a log. That's lying in the game. You're no good to anyone. Back in the game is jumping from the ground to your feet, back in your toes, and you're on. You're in like a hunting position, which you're on your front foot. You're ready to go. You're engaged and ready to go. So that was a big thing, and that's probably what a lot of people um, don't look at. It's the little details of these guys making back-to-back tackles. Make a tackle, getting off the ground is probably the hardest thing. Like you can do all the preseason, you can do all the running, all the training, but there's nothing that can train you for. Making a tackle, hitting a breakdown, having that contact and getting back into the game. So that is a key performance indicator that the Crusaders are very passionate about. And I know the All Blacks as well. And Brody Retallick is, is leading the way in that sense. He is getting back in the game. He's making tackles. I'd love to see the stats. I'll get a little email throughout the week. I'll read some stats later on uh, during the week about Brody Retallick's performance. The tackles he's made, his KPIs, getting back in the game. Because I reckon it'll be off the Richter scale. Unbelievable performance, it, but that, that's a KPI, and that's what that's what Jace was kind of talking about, Louis. Such look, it makes so much sense because as a as a rugby fan, I don't necessarily look for that. I can tell a work rate. I know that Ethan Blackhead is flying around the field. I know Brody Hook's flying around the field, but I'm not ever watching how quick he gets off the ground. I'm not ever watching for mm. the bog. Um, I'm watching for the shots. You know, you can tell Nepo Lalala's made a good tackle, but you can't necessarily, as a as just a punter, you're not necessarily watching how fast he's moving around the field. Uh, that's very, very interesting. And, and look, I think that Jace Ryan, a tight but forwards coach, is totally entitled to point that out. It's it's easy for people to get off the ground and, and get up, but you got to get into a position where your mates need you to be. Like, yeah. And that's what these players, they're, they're so experienced. They know where their mates need to be. They can anticipate where the ball's going to go. They can see a, a part of the the defensive line that's probably lacking with numbers so they get themselves into those positions. That's the difference. When they're getting up, they're getting back in the game 
and they're getting to where their na- mates need them to be, and that's what Brody Metallic's been doing. So watch it closely. Watch him. Watch Sammy Whitelock. Watch them with their experienced players. Artie Saviors, they get into positions, and they get off the ground quick, and they're ready to roll. Outstanding. Uh, one last text from you is that top one there before we get off and come back and talk about age, but this kind of leads us into it. So you've had some correspondence on double eight, double three, and I think you've hit the nail on the head or resonated with this texter. Hey, Izzy, bro. Totally agree with you, mate. The Oz versus South African game was beyond a joke, man. I'm a diehard fan, and it's starting to turn me off. There's three people on the field, and they can't make a decision. Game went for 140 minutes. Not acceptable. Loved seeing Quaid's knock last night. What a legend. Leave a name to it, mate. That's an awesome text. Yep, we'll touch on it after this. Quaid Cooper's knock. Age is no barrier, but totally agree. Too many people on the field making decisions. Leave it up to the ref. Oh, there was four yellow cards in that game as well, so shambles. Anyway. <laughs> shambles. <laughs> Give us a call, all right? 1011 the Kennard's Hire phone line. Love to hear from you. And I'm also uh, looking forward to seeing what Izzy Dag's got to say. I hope Tom Brady gets a shout-out as I watch the NFL and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, another guy getting on in the years but still doing his best work for Green Bay. The Saints are leading 3-0 in that game. And Medvedev has held his serve. He's up 4-2 in the first set against Djokovic. Djokovic, again, looking like he might drop the first set as he is on his quest to win the Grand Slam. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Back soon. Yeah, quarter to nine, and it's been a busy morning with a lot of sport to cover off, and we didn't even really get to talk too much about Beavs Panthers getting done over by the Rabbits. Oh, actually, Chase, who was a Rabbitohs fan, was from Waiuku. I hope Beef doesn't run in, into him at the grocery store. He might cop some stick later on. Uh, Medvedev is looking ruthless against Djokovic. He's up 40 love in his fifth game service. So he looks like he'll hold serve and be able to serve out for the set in a couple of games' times. But Izzy, a few times this morning you've mentioned age and what these athletes are doing at certain ages. And I'm just hoping you're not too you're not feeling too old on one leg there, bro. <laughs> I am, I am, mate. I'm only 33, and look, if only I hadn't listened to my trainers, to my nutritionists, maybe I would have had a longevity in the game. Now, look, there's been a lot of chat over the weekend about age, and there was a lot of chat about Cristiano Ronaldo. Has he got it? You know, can he come back and regain the heights of what he was able to achieve when he was back at Manchester United? He is 36 years of age, but look, I just... I just totally disagree with what's um, been said about these athletes. And and the thing with these, these athletes that are uh, come with age, and they are a lot older than a lot of other people or a lot of athletes around the, the field at the moment, is they bring a ton of experience and they have a lot of knowledge of what's needed in the game to be able to perform at the top level. And, look, there's always that, there always will be that external conversation, that external pressure from people out in the general public second-guessing whether they are good enough. And I know... Probably most of these athletes will, won't listen to that external pressure, but what my experience are being around some of the greatest athletes to have ever played the game and seeing what goes on behind the closed doors, it is no coincidence that these guys can go for such a long time in the game. I look at a guy like Ma'anonu. Ma'anonu probably go down as one of the greatest 12s to ever play the game of, of rugby. And the things that you see on the outside, you see Ma'a, the, you know, the, you know, the, charismatic guy, the big guy, the bulldozing guy, probably doesn't let too much out in general public. When he has interviews, he's pretty secluded. He keeps to himself, doesn't let too much out in the, you know, with what he says in the, in the public. But behind closed doors, mate, he, there is no surprise as to why he is so successful. He puts so much time and 
effort into his body. He is always stretching. He is constantly recovering. He is constantly training. He is eating well. He is putting money and time into his body. And that is what these top athletes do in this day and age. There is questions about, there's been things said about LeBron James. He invests a million dollars a year minimum into his body. And that is the reason why he is so successful because it's, you know, when I was younger, I'll, I'll put my um, vulnerability on the line. I'll show some vulnerability here. And I said, look, I was, when I was younger, I thought it was just going to happen. I thought, you know, just playing the game of rugby, recovery wasn't important, um, looking after your body wasn't important because I'm young, it's just going to happen. And I totally wish I could have turned that, turned, you know, made a difference or, or I wish I could have done it differently if I could turn back time. Seeing what these athletes do in this day and age, is unbelievable. And then Kobe Bryant, I was listening to Chris Bosch before on, on the NBA uh, Instagram talking about Kobe Bryant, who probably will go down as one of the greatest athletes physically, mentally, so, so tough. Chris Bosch said, look, Kobe Bryant just lost the NBA Finals. Just lost the NBA Finals. Chris Bosch set his alarm for like 5 a.m. Thought he was getting up early. Thought he was getting up early. Set his alarm, gets up, goes down to the court, walks out. Kobe Bryant's already there. He's got ice on his knees. Kobe Bryant had just lost the NBA Finals about two weeks before this, and he is down there before Chris Bosh at 5 a.m. He has already done his scrimmage. He had already done his training. He is recovering. He is looking forward. You know, they are never satisfied with what they have achieved or what they have done in, in the past. They are always looking to better themselves. And so I just look at the greats and, and being lucky enough to be able to surround myself around the greats and seeing what it takes to, to get to those heights. It is no coincidence, mate. Age is just a number. It is not a barrier. If you put your mind and your body and, and time into to everything that you want to achieve, anything is possible. So if you look to those names, Ronaldo, Quay Cooper, McCaw, Tom Brady, you know, Brad Thorne, probably an unbel- one of the greatest winning premierships with the Brisbane Broncos coming over and winning uh, World Cups, Roger Federer, Tiger Woods, like the list can go on, Kobe Bryant. We're, we're very lucky in this day and age to be able to speak and learn from some of the greats to go around. So... For me, Louis, age is just a number. It is not a barrier. Wow, there you go. The goalposts have shifted. Jimmy Anderson, a, a double eight, double three. Jimmy Anderson voice, the definition uh, as well of age is no barrier. That's exactly what you're saying there, Izzy. That, the texters listen to your thoughts there. It's just, it's a different landscape. Athletes are playing longer. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got two teenagers duking it out for a US Open title in Emma Raducatu at age 18. The world of sport has never looked the same, is he? Amazing thoughts there, mate. It's nine minutes away from nine. Ian Smith, the doyen to sleep on it after this. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Four minutes away from nine o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line throughout the day. This might be the first time I've done this, Izzy. I've got a tip, a live tip right now. Novak Djokovic has just lost his first set and he's trading at $1.90 to win the game. I would be having a bet because he's lost the first set in his last two games, and then when he wants to turn it on, and I know Daniel Medvedev is in a slouch, but you're getting two bucks about Novak Djokovic right now, and I think that is value. Anyway, it's time to sleep on it thanks to Temper. They've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Izzy, do we have the doyen standing by? We, we do. Hey, Smithy, Smithy, good morning, good morning, Smithy. No, I don't think we do. <laughs> oh, we don't. We don't. Anyway, I was going to ask him about your tip. What do you think, Djokovic? Can he get it done? 
Yeah. He's been down the first set anyway in the last couple of games anyway, hasn't he? He is. He has, mate. And both times I've said to myself, I'm going to live punt this, and I've just I've missed, and then he's won the first. <laughs> he's broken the guy in the first game. Um, so dollar ninety five is I, I think I know you you're probably a bit got a bit of PTSD about nah, re- reloading broke. your TAB account. <laughs> I'm broke, mate. I'm broke. I'm not gonna give in. I'm not gonna give in. I'm broke. I'm just gonna have a wee rest. I'm gonna have a wee rest, and here I am gonna give out another tip. One of Baz's tips is running today at Moruya, race five, horse number twelve, tilt titled, ran third last time round. Decent jockey on today. That is from Reed. So titled's running, Louis. Do you remember titled? Do you remember what it did to us? I, of course I do remember titled, mate. I would have been on that thing. <laughs> Bloody donkey. You owe me. You owe me title. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's right. Titles running today. Novak's playing now. We've got NFL on. Um, the the question I asked Sleep Smithy to sleep on was, it's Group mm. One racing week. Is this weekend we've got the Tarzino Trophy, our first Group One race of the year down in Hawke's Bay, and I wanted yep. to know who he thought the rightful favourite was. But we're going to have to do a bit of chat about that towards the end of the week because it's a big weekend for the racing folk in hey. New Zealand. Avantage is in that, isn't it? Avantage and yes. Dragon Leap. Yes. So, yes. How are they? How are the? How's Avantage going to bounce back from oh, ruining my multi? Wait. Honestly, <laughs> these these are the questions, is he? How are Avantage going to bounce back? Um, can I just give you this, Joe Manu, uh, Joseph, uh, Joe, our panel op, he, he made us mm-hmm. this, I'll just play you this um, just to get out. This is what Novak's trying to do today. He's th- three games through his, three three tournaments through this year, this is what he's done. He's attempting to win all in the same year, is he? It's a pretty astounding feat when you think about it, isn't it? Unbelievable. And the last to do it was Rod Laver back in, in the 50s. I know he's over there and actually, actually watching the, the tournament unfold, Rod Laver. So hopefully Djokovic can get it done. But look, we can't get to Smithy. We might have to stay on and just carry the baton for a wee while. So don't go anywhere, Trudy and Louie. But... Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a great morning talking all things sport. Thanks to all our guests. Stay tuned because Smithy's hopefully up after this, then followed by Staffy in the afternoons, and then Kirsty and B bringing it home for the drive show. But that's us. We'll be back same time tomorrow, 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Look forward to it. Ka kite anō. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.